Welcome back to Atelier 1121. I'm your host, Ontavia Roulette, and today's guest is Kelvin Bullock, an extremely talented photographer and a friend of mine who has worked in so many places, been in so many rooms, and has experienced a great deal of personal growth and connectivity to source that he would like to share with you today. And also, we're going to dive deep into the duality of beauty and ugly. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the episode. So first, before we even get started, how are you today? You feeling good? Feeling great? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, um, I um, once a month, I like to go and do these float sessions. Basically, it's a sensory deprivation chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, have, you, are you, have you heard of this before? Yes, like I you, have. Yeah, and, and this is not like one of those cutesy, like lit up, and it's music playing like no you are in complete darkness with earplugs in and you're like floating and it's it's really just about you like it's i call it a hard reset so each month i do it and it's just like no stimuli it's just me and my thoughts Mm -hmm. um and it's just very rejuvenating it almost feels like a rebirth every time i'm open up that door and the light floods my my eye my eyesight and you Mm -hmm. know it just feels like a a reawakening if you will so what made you start doing that so I listened to um, it was this podcast that I was listening to, and they were talking about it and just talking about some of the benefits, um, you know, as far as uh, stress reduction. Um, also, uh, it, it's like a, it was a, I can't even think of all of them right now, but just a lot of benefits of doing it. Uh, and I've experienced like I'm, I feel like a different person since I've been doing it. And I've been doing it for about a year and three months now. So like once a month, I've been like consistently doing it. And it's, is it it's salt water? Month. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a salt water solution. So you're like, that's what allows you to float since it's so salt, salty. Yeah. So um, like what benefits have you seen? Like obvious benefits? Uh, Well, you know, kind of a one kind of <laughs> vein, um, uh i guess benefit is my skin like for whatever reason like it just feels smoother mm-hmm. um because of it i don't know what it is about the salt water uh you would think it would be like the opposite but like every time i get up out of there i just feel silky smooth um <laughs> and then on top of that like i just it i don't know again it's just like a a hard reset we're so overstimulated uh, in this day and age with all of the, the, the lights, the sounds, you know, the blue light from the phone, right? Um, like all of these things are impacting us in ways that we're not even really clocking. And once you actually stop doing those things for a certain period of time, that's when you actually realize that, oh, wow, I've been kind of like poisoning myself this whole time. So absolutely. Um, yeah. And it, it just, the, that's also the, just another benefit is it just allows me to to do that reset and to give my my mind and my um, my ears and my sense of touch, like all those things get to just have a break. Oh, also it's good for the back as well. Like you're, since you're taking all of that weight off of your body and, and it's just floating, it's just, it's good for, um, for back relief, back pain relief as well. So how you well, been? Oh. I'm good. You know, I have always been a very uh, secluded individual, very quiet and under the radar. 
I'm happy. It's a different kind of happy, you know? You sound like it. I feel happy. I feel healthy. I, I feel peaceful. Uh, before, like, not counting the CFDA, I'm talking about, like, when I saw you at, I think the last time before that was, like, my runway show. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm saying that, uh, yeah, I'm a completely different person. I've, I've grown immensely. My, uh, I hate to say self-love has, like, overwhelmed me to a point where, like, I feel unshakable. Understanding of my self-worth, my self-love, my existence, how it's like reconnecting to that feeling I had as a child where not so much I don't have any worries, but I know I'm okay, you know? So you said something interesting. You you said, uh, I hate to say it. What did you mean by that? Like you hate to, you hate to say that um, your self-love has, um, over, I don't know the word to use, but you did say you, you hated to say it, but why would you hate to say that? Like self-love is, is an amazing thing, man. Some people hate to hear it. <laughs> oh, uh. Some people won't like to hear that, you know? So, and, you know, everyone has those people in those in their lives, you know? Not Yeah, yeah, no, for thoughts. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but uh, I mean, we're going to get into this here in a minute, I guess, when we when we start the actual interview. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot about that because I've been in this this season myself and I and I can totally relate to what you're talking about. But I'll save I'll save some of that for the actual conversation, although I feel like this what we've already been talking no, about. Not, we already included. started. Oh, yeah. shoot, we are. We, we live. OK, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Well, no. Well, yeah. Let's. Uh, I guess let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get into the question so you understand where you go. <laughs> what, what, but if you could please introduce yourself to our guest. Yes, uh, my name is Kelvin Bullock. I am a portrait photographer. I'm based in the DMV area, but I travel all over for for work. So I'm I'm in New York quite often. I'm in LA. Um, I've been doing a little bit more work in Atlanta, um, Miami, just wherever the work is, that's that's where I tend to be. Uh, I specialize in uh, fashion and editorial as well as beauty photography. Uh, I also do commercial photography as well. So um, that is who I am. That is what I do. Uh, oh, actually, let me let me rephrase that. That's not actually who I am. It is what I do. Who I am is is a bit more complex than that. But we can we can tap into to that aspect of life, uh, you know, a, a little later into the conversation. No, but just let's go right now. Shoot, oh. we here. Why don't let's let's <laughs> let's not be indecisive. Let's be right on top of it. Who okay, I okay. am. I mean, coming out of this uh, twenty twenty and even up until twenty twenty three, like people are realizing like i am not my job i am not my clothes i am not my career i am not my car Thanks. and i think we all attached ourselves to those things and boxed ourselves into those things to have self-worth so yeah who are you well you know i, I want to touch on something that you just said and and it is spot on um about the revelations that people had when we had to sit down 
and be in our houses for a period of time because of, you know, the, the global pandemic and the, the, the lockdown, the shutdown. That was an eye opening experience for not only the world, but myself specifically, um, because I had to at that point, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't working just like everybody else. I was in the house. I was with my thoughts. I was with my wife and uh, our grandnephew, who we were the uh, caretakers and guardians of at the time. Um, and it was just us. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was it was it was interesting because you didn't have those distractions to keep your mind preoccupied. I think in, in, in that time of uncertainty and not knowing like yo, is, is the world ever going to get back to, to what it was? Uh, and what does the future look like? What am I going to do if, you know, business doesn't pick back up? Like, who am I aside from being a photographer? Because, you know, I, I, I you know, up until that point, I had taken a, a lot of pride. In yeah, being, as should. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's like you, when you, when you, when you, you learn a craft and you take it to heart and you work at it and you build a name uh, and then it's like, oh, well, uh, I'm not able to do that. Like, who am I after that? So I, I was faced with those questions. And honestly, I, I guess I had been asking myself that question for some time, but kind of like in the back of my head, like, you know, I, I really am more than just a shooter. Like, there is yeah. more to me than just this thing. But I, I never really took the time to to figure out, you know, what that look like for me or, or who I am when I put this thing down. And and honestly, through this journey of, um, you know, working through the pandemic and, and then um, I eventually ended up getting a, a therapist who I've been seeing for like a year plus now. And really, we were talking about earlier self-care and how some people uh, don't really like you know, to talk or they don't really like the, the concept of it or they're they feel like it's it's one of those buzzwords that's just overused. But for yeah. me, it it truly was an awakening um, that really stirred some things up. And and you know what? I can actually pinpoint it. I can I can take it back to um, this book that I ended up reading, which was more of like a workbook because I had things that I was supposed to do. It wasn't really just about reading the chapters of the book. It was actually doing the things that they were listing out. And it was this book titled The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. And in this book, uh, it was it was really getting the individual to tap in to their true nature, the, you know, the things that they were drawn to, even as a child and like kind of looking back and thinking about like before we had all of these pressures thrown upon us and uh, all of these expectations from other people, whether it be our parents or teachers or friends or family or whoever, mm-hmm. before all of that, we had certain leanings towards certain things, certain proclivities, certain interests that just came natural to us. And yeah. in this book, uh, Julia Cameron lays out uh, some exercises that help you tap back into those natural interests. Uh, and and two main exercises helped with that. The first exercise was something that you uh, had to do every day for, I, feel, I forget, I think it was like 
six or nine weeks. I can't remember the the length of time, but every morning you had to get up and write three pages of what is called morning pages. Um, and so in the morning pages, what you're doing is you get up, you have your journal and you basically are writing stream of conscious, like things that are coming to your mind in that moment. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what it is. You could be writing I hate doing morning pages. This is so boring. Why do I even have to do that? And you keep writing until you get to three pages. And ultimately what ends up happening is some inner truths start to peek their head above the, the surface of, uh, of that subconscious level. And you start to really see... Like where you are in your mind and ask yes. yourself, if you are, am I okay? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. No, I had that experience. I understand. Like when you put those words down on paper in the sunlight and you have to look at it, yes. it's like looking in a mirror. But instead of looking at your face, you're looking at your brain. Ex that is a beautiful way to put it because that's exactly what was happening. Yeah. And when I tell you, your boy was shook. Your boy, oh, yeah. I was like, what? I consider In burning my journals that I noted down and, you know, that stream of consciousness and openness and just transparency. I, I consider burning it all the time because I'm so concerned about someone seeing it one day. Listen, I, like... I had to I had to lock mine up. <laughs> my wife was mad. She was like, why are you hiding this from me? I'm like, listen. Something's done for you. Yes. <laughs> I know I know you got my last name and I put the ring on it, but it's just certain things. Yeah. I just I, I you don't you don't want you don't want these thoughts. <laughs> you don't this want is these the shadow thoughts. book before the shadow book came out, bro. Like it, so did you <laughs> let me ask you this. Did you so are you familiar with the artist way? Did you or this was just some some other practice that you were already involved in? Like how this is a personal practice that I've been involved in that was offered to me when I was in art school, mm. um, my teachers were very intrigued by me and they really encouraged it, but I never did it. And of course, when, uh, you know, we were all locked in, uh, I said, why not? You, you, you're living by yourself. There's no one here but you and your dogs. The worst that can happen is a burglar takes the journal and he will decide he will never come back. You know, you, this was something I was introduced to very, very young. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's funny uh, when you think about somebody coming across it or reading it. I, I honestly, when I would write, I would keep it 100, but I would also have in the back of my mind, somebody's going to read this one day. Yeah. Like, I might be dead and gone and somebody will read this, but I'm like, I can't hide from my truths anymore and I've, I I grew up being a people pleaser and mm -hmm. you know just trying to go along to get along it seems and, like most artists do though right yeah like I, and I don't know what it is it but, almost seems like you have to be a people pleaser to fall in love with humanity in mm, order to see humanity for what it is to then ooh, fall in love with yourself you, you speaking truth now you speaking truth you getting deep on me early in this thing hold on <laughs> No, we do this through the whole thing. We do this yes, the whole thing. yes. But it's but that's exactly, you know, that's exactly how I felt about it. Like I'm like, this is real, and I can't hide this anymore. And when I tell you, shit got rocky, man. Like it, yeah. after after like 
facing those those that mirror of my brain, as you put it, um, I, I had to. I mean, I had to come clean with some things, man. And I had to, um, I think that was one of the things that helped me even realize like, you know what, I should, I should get, um, you know, an individual counselor, somebody to help me process these thoughts uh, in a way that um, would lend themselves or lend the thought processes to uh, evolution, a self evolution. Mm -hmm. And um, I also saw the opportunity to then take this evolved self and then pour it back into anything that I was creating, no matter what avenue of creation I chose. Whether but isn't cre- that the tool? Isn't that our job as artists to take everything we learn and mold it and translate it in order to create a dialogue in art? You know, that is exactly right. But the thing is, for the longest time, as a photographer, I I would create the things that I wanted to create or the things that I was drawn to or, or, or the subject matter that I was drawn to. I would I would um, I would focus in on that, but I wouldn't necessarily ask why I wouldn't um, explore more deeply some of the underlying issues that I was really tackling, but didn't understand at the time that that's what I was doing. And so I was, I was almost asleep in my creative process. Yes. That's my next question. Do you see a difference in your work compared to now? Yes. Or before you had that therapy, before you did the journey, yes. before you did the work, and what is that difference if you can pinpoint it and put words? Listen, to it? listen, listen. <laughs> Yo, we okay. We, yeah, okay. I like, I like, I like where you headed with this because this is. Uh, I hope you're sitting down. I hope you got some coffee. We might be here for a minute. This one to be a therapy session. So anyway, <laughs> um, I, I'll start with saying that in the beginning, a lot of even my personal projects that I would do with my photography were centered around the concept of beauty mm-hmm. and, and what that looked like to me. Uh, and I found myself like in the beginning, I, the very first personal project that I did, um, it was, it was about, um, black women and their and the way that they wore their natural hair. So it was like a a natural hair portrait series. Um, and I ended up going, you know, I was from from the east coast to the west coast to London uh, and Toronto. Like I went to all of these places and I was photographing uh, women from all different types of backgrounds, not models, just like everyday women um, who wore their hair naturally. Mm-hmm. And that was like an amazing experience. Uh, I got to expand my network. I got to grow in my craft um, and I got to create some some beautiful images, but I still wasn't tapping into what it was that I was really uh, the concept that I was playing with. I had a, a surface level understanding. Then uh, the beauty. Next... Yes. Yes. Of okay. beauty. And then. Um, after that project concluded, uh, a few years later, I ended up doing uh, another series uh, of portraits, 
And this uh, this series was called Face Naked. And in this series, again, I was um, photographing. Uh, it, and for this series specifically, I was photographing any and, and everybody who was willing to get in front of my camera, uh, you know, uh, any uh, female identifying person um, get in front of my camera without makeup on. Uh, and that was an interesting process because, you know, certain people aren't, you know, people ain't always excited to be uh, having their, yes, you yeah. know, yes, unfiltered. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I did that series for about three years and I traveled all over and, um, you know, I got to, to meet some interesting people and I got to, again, create some beautiful images. But it was still when I'm looking at it conceptually was still on the surface level. Mm -hmm. Now, fast forward to I start doing this journaling. I start really uh, delving into my past experiences, uh, my childhood, the traumas that came with that. I got into therapy, got even deeper. And one of the things that uh, became clear to me in that process is I was... I was drawn to this idea of beauty for a number of reasons. For one, growing up in, uh, I grew up in this, this town called Huntsville, Alabama. Um, my mom was, was in the army and she was stationed at the army base that's there called Redstone Arsenal when she had me. So my, my mom and dad um, were there in Huntsville. They're from North Carolina originally, but, they had myself and my youngest sister there and my two oldest older sisters were born in North Carolina. So Southern upbringing for the most part, but in that town of Huntsville at the time, um, I mean, we, there wasn't a whole lot of us in the community that we found ourselves living in. And even when I was in elementary school and middle school and even into high school, um, there, the representation that we all know and love now of black mm -hmm. beauty and black excellence, mm -hmm. that wasn't a thing. Yeah. That was not a thing. And How recent is this? Come on now. Very, <laughs> very recent. Very recent. People act like this ain't new. This is very new. Exactly. And and when I tell you, like, I, I growing up in that environment, I didn't see the beauty i i didn't see or recognize the beauty because it was shown to me and communicated to me in various ways that black skin ain't it that ain't yeah. where it's at um and as a matter of fact um one of the status markers uh growing up at that time is oh you know especially in high school you gotta get you a light-skinned girl you know what i'm that saying part. you gotta get you a I'm like, and I, I I fell victim to that. I used to love me a little red bone, light skin, and and it wasn't until college, when I and I and I went to a predominantly white college, uh, an undergrad, uh, but I, I joined the Black Student Alliance, and I I grew a, a healthy respect for the things that I um, didn't get fed uh, in regards to, you know, being us. a product of your environment. Exactly, and so. Uh, I, you know, I, looking back on that, especially in some of the therapy sessions, I was going and trying to pinpoint or at least break down um, certain 
European standards of beauty mm-hmm. um, that I was that was that I was indoctrinated with growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I look at okay, I did a series on natural hair, but I was I I wanted to call to people's attention how beautiful this is like not saying that people shouldn't be perming the hair because at the end of the day uh people can do whatever they want to whatever makes them feel like they are expressing themselves in a way that makes them feel good or feel worthy like i'm here for it but i wanted to to highlight um another standard of beauty that i wasn't um accustomed to seeing or seeing represented or or um, celebrated mm-hmm. as a child. So, uh, and then even with the whole face naked project, again, it's the same. It's the same idea of let's challenge these beauty standards uh, in a way that it's just you know a little more than uh, you know we we get fed all of these images of of overly photoshopped um, uh, individuals and. And, you know, fully full face, full beats, which, again, all yeah. of these things have their place. And I'm not saying one way or the other that um, one is better than the other. But I'm like, let's look at this. Like, let's look at this. Let's explore. And, and why was it fed to us like this? Force ex- fed to us to like Exactly. This. And it- the impact that it caused on a people in general and how it caused us to disconnect from ourselves, which then turns into us being ashamed of the things that we put in our journals. Speak on it. Speak <laughs> on it. That's and that's what I'm talking about. That that revelation of after the fact, mm-hmm. having a better understanding of my own work. Uh, it's, it's just uh, I mean, that's just like a, a perfect example of what happens when you start digging a little bit deeper into yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and having an understanding of of what you're or why you're drawn to certain things, are are you familiar with um, Rick Rubin? Is a famous music producer. You know he's he's worked with anybody that you can think of in the music game. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know Jay Z and uh, I, I mean I, the, the list. Uh, there's so many people that he's worked with. I'm not even gonna try to name all of them. But he recently put out a book called The Creative Act, and he talks about how we as creatives and everybody is a creative in their own right but when we're talking about us as artists i I can i can speak specifically to that we are vessels of the creative spirit and we can't always choose when inspiration let me not even say that we can't choose when inspiration strikes we can't choose the subject matter that we're ultimately drawn to. It's like these things kind of happen. And the more that we can be in tune to the, I call it the creative spirit, um, the more truthful our work can be, even if we don't understand it in the moment that it's happening. It's, It's almost not even for us to understand. It's for us to receive that signal and then use our minds and our faculties in order to to push that creative idea into uh, existence. Yeah, we're and basically vessels. Yes. At the end of the day, we're literally standing still waiting for that phone call to come down from that invisible string connected from above to tell us, hey, do this. Because there's things that I do now that I would not have imagined that I would have been doing if, I w- if you would have told me five, ten years ago. Exactly. So, yeah. And oh, yeah, no, I, it sounds like... 
sounds like we've been reading and listening to the same things here. What, what that that whole phone line situation that that analogy that you just used that that is spot on. Like, what are you what are you taking in? I'm curious. Like, what are what? It sounds like you are you are very evolved. So now I'm curious about some of the things that you're doing uh, and and some of the things that you're reading or watching or listening to uh, that are that are help helping shape your ideas of of this creative process. The creative process for me. Um and the things that I'm listening to, I, I listen to everything, honestly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to it because I know how I feel. And I'm not saying that I'm not open to being swayed, but I'm not opposed to listening to other people's opinions, taking bits and pieces of what I agree with and what I don't agree with and adapting it into my life. Because the wrongest person in the world is going to be right at least once, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the worst artist in the world is going to make something good at least once. You just have to keep making stuff. Exactly. I feel like the things that man or human beings are receiving now because of the internet are things that have been here for a long time. We're just rediscovering it. And yep. we're just remaking it and we're just reprocessing it. We're all just living on a continuous creative loop. And we're all chasing this dream of some of us perfection, but everyone else is just looking for the connection. Mm. And when it, for me, when I'm creating, I want someone to be like, I felt that too once. I experienced that once as well. I agree with that. You know, it's almost like as an artist, I'm just looking for the basic human right for connection. So um, when it comes to music, I'm listening to a lot of classical now again, but I still listen to my, you know, Flo Millie and I'm not opposed to Beyonce, but mm -hmm. I'm also going to listen to Tyler, the creator. Mm -hmm. But tomorrow I'm going to listen to Sheila E. I, I just there is no straight line for me. There is no one genre. There is no one book. I'm rereading Andre Leon Tolley's memoir right now um, for personal reasons and for a reminder. Um, I'm always reading, looking, listening to interviews. And yes, I am aware of the gentleman who he, he has his own podcast. You're talking about the older white gentleman, beard, yep. white hair. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's very famous, very creative, very in tune. I do like that intellectual. His name did skip me. It took me a minute to realize who you were talking about, but yes, because I'm terrible with names, but I'm great with faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, same. <laughs> um, as an artist, you you said that you were uh, seeking out, and you used the word beauty, but where in your work have you pursued ugly? Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I, well, let me ask you this. And I guess I'm supposed to ask the question or answer the question. But what are we defining as ugly? Because the same thing that you decide to describe as beauty. It's, uh, it belongs to you because duality within art, duality within life is important in order to completely be self or or an artist. So you tell me what's ugly. <sighs> Very good question. Very good question. I'm gonna marinate on that for a second. Give me a yeah, moment. Yeah, we come back. No, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer it now. I'm gonna answer it now. I just, I just want to think about it. 
yeah for, for a moment because that's uh, i want to give it the 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 response have you figured out what beauty is maybe um even if you don't have an answer that's okay because i mean you can't if you don't know what beauty is yet you you know have you decided what beauty is for you yet so I'm I'm gonna answer both questions, uh, and I'll start with the beauty one, and then we'll I'll work backwards to mm-hmm. quote, quote unquote ugly. Um, but what I've come to realize is, to me, beauty is anything that gives me cause for pause to to be present in a moment and take in whatever that thing is. That's like, oh wow, like this is awe inspiring. This is um something that i can't stop looking at mm-hmm. uh and but can't you do that with ugly we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it so <laughs> because okay. i find myself uh, uh even in even with the, the the quote unquote ugly yeah uh it's still something that i can't stop looking at it's something that uh that provokes an emotion calls. yes yeah. like things so they are you, you talk about the duality of things and like they are you can't have the darkness without the light uh and, and vice versa and and there is something to that but i i feel like when i am in a moment and i am fully present uh whether it's um a beetle crawling up the bark of a tree while i'm taking a walk or whether I'm at Wegmans, the grocery store, and I see uh, a, a woman that is like, like she might just not have even gotten dressed to go to the grocery store, but there's like a beauty there. Um, and, I, and I've even seen this in like, sometimes I'll, I'll be out and I'll see, uh, you know, a woman that is clearly in her 60s or 70s, and there's just like a glow in the eye. And it's just like, wow, I would love to photograph her. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's it's this those moments time and time again and it doesn't have to be even centered on um, a, a living thing it can be inanimate objects it's like certain things that just bring me into the moment to where I'm not thinking about whatever thing that was pre preoccupying my mind it's like beauty is something that is is bringing me present uh, and and making me aware of. Um, the things that, like you said, cause an emotion. Now, if, if I'm thinking about, and I keep saying "quote unquote" ugly, um, because I, 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 did you see? <laughs> and the only reason why I, uh, the only reason why I even saw this is because I had no interest in seeing it, um, because I think the book is way better than anything a movie can do. Uh, the color purple. Purple. Did you see? Did you see that movie? The most recent one. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, so it's funny. Like that's I, I what I would have said, but I went home with the family, and everybody for Christmas on Christmas night wanted to go see it. So I wasn't just gonna be sitting at home by myself. I feel so you. I said, I said all right, you gotta I'll take be. a bullet for you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, did you see the original movie? And this Absolutely is about to be a ten times over. <laughs> so this this is about to be a bit of a spoiler alert for anybody who hadn't seen the original, and for anybody who has um, hadn't seen the uh the the most recent one but it's not a big spoiler it's not even it's not really that significant but it's significant to what we're talking about now yeah in the original movie sugar avery when she is uh when she meets or sees uh seely for the first time uh she you know she's like show is ugly like she has that line you remember that mm-hmm. well in the movie uh the most recent one that came out they stuck 
I mean, it was a musical, so they they changed up quite a bit. But a lot of the key scenes that took place in the original film directed by Steven Spielberg, mm -hmm. uh, they they kept a lot of those like one liners and those like um, iconic um, uh, quotes. Well, yeah. in this uh, scene where Suge Avery played by Taraji P. Henson, um, she she kind of comes to her senses and sees uh, Seeley, uh, played by Fantasia, <clears throat> and she says all of the lines, but they don't have her say, show is ugly. Like, they actually cut, they, they, they didn't have that in the uh, actual film, and I thought that was an interesting choice, um, but, I, and I, but I also understand why they may not have wanted to continue that whole thing. Well, let's break it down. Why do you think they don't want to? Okay, so so I feel if and I'm speculating, I haven't seen any um, interviews or commentary on this, but my speculation is they they probably wanted to stray away from um, black women tearing other black women down by saying kind of things like that to each I other. That's bullshit. Okay, <laughs> okay. Like bullshit. okay, well, I'd love to hear your your take on it. What do you what do you think? I feel like this is another way for people to hide the reality of the world that we live in. Okay, how so? Because you're not going to say behind closed doors that she, he, they, whoever is ugly, but then because you're in front of a camera and for the sake of people's feelings, you're going to tamper with art in order not to mm -hmm. hurt someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. Now- Ugly I exists. And in this world, it very much exists. And when you pretend like ugly doesn't exist, that's when you have situations where things happen behind closed doors. And not to go to an extreme, but saying that something isn't ugly when it is or when it's meant to be, is just pulling the wool over our eyes. And that's how we get back to the scenario of where we were veiled and blind when we walked into 2020, not being grounded and connected to self. So I, I like the way that you broke that down. And this is actually the conversation that we were having in the car ride back, because this was something that I pointed out to everybody. I was like, you know, it's very interesting that they decided not to say that word uh, or, or to call, you know, for Taraji to call her ugly. And I actually had the same sentiment of it doesn't matter what the reason was for what they for why they left it out like they are tampering with art when they do those type of things like it's almost the same thing as uh banning books yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's so, the same thing as hiding those demonic paintings from the museum because they're not pretty enough mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like there it was a dark renaissance for a reason you, we need both to realize that evil and ugliness and death and sadness and pain and and brutality exists. Not so, I, so much just ugly. Ugly is is expansive. Ugly is is a loaded clip of so many other words attached to it. So I like I like that you are differentiating because I was about to I was about to say when you started talking about brutal and all those other things like. Uh, those are they're separate things, but I I agree that it's it's like there's degrees and a spectrum of everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like there, there's never just black or white, and I and I am in total agreement. Again, going back to what I said earlier about 
um, you can't appreciate the light without going through the darkness, you know, yeah. and, and I guess to to further, I guess even to just take it back to your original question of, OK, well, what have I thought about or have I explored ugly um, in my art? And uh, up until this point, I really haven't explored it. But with some of the stuff that I'm working on now, it is actually touching on a bit more of those darker truths that you come to, I guess, really appreciate, understand, acknowledge all of those things, the older that you get. Yeah. And, and you know, as I, you know, this year I'll be turning 42 and uh, side note back to the pandemic for a moment. I feel like I was robbed of like that last you know year of being in my 30s like i wasn't able to really um fully enjoy that last bit of you know saying i was 30s because it was like during the pandemic and it's 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 i was just thinking about this today covid-19 it started in 2019 yeah um and that was almost a half decade ago yeah that's weird right feeling. like <laughs> like freaking five years ago, man. Like yeah. this, this is wild to me to think yeah. um, how fast time has gone by and how it seemed to be slowing down for that period of time where the world basically stopped. But anyway, um, now that we, uh, I mean, we're still, we're in an endemic now at this point, like that COVID ain't going nowhere. It just is what it is. Yeah. But, um, you know, moving through those years and, and coming through with this uh, more evolved uh, version of myself, um, I am now ready to explore more of those. Uh, I, I'll, I'll call it the 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 darkness to the light that I had been exploring. Mm -hmm. And so, what people are going to start seeing because there's a, there's a, a project that I'm working on now. I'm not going to get too too far into it. But I, I will say that. Um, one of the most recent posts that I made on Instagram, uh, it's it's of an image of a woman uh, wearing a, a red dress and she's holding a rose and she's got like this rose shaped headpiece on. And then she's standing next to a rope that's been severed. Uh, I didn't go. It was actually uh, an image that was uh, considered one of the photos of the year for 2023 by this organization called Diversify Photo. Um, I didn't go too deep into what the the meaning behind some of the symbolism in that image is, but I will say here, this is an exclusive. I hadn't really shared with anybody. This is um, this this series that I'm going to be working on because this image is a part of a series um, is exploring uh, some of the quote unquote ugliness of life, uh, the darkness, the um, the not so good feelings or emotions and i won't even call them bad emotions or bad feelings i'm just going to call them feelings there you know there's um there's just a spectrum of feelings that we have some of them feel good some of them feel not so good uh but sometimes i think we need to rebrand uh how we're labeling feelings because um we can't uh, and i think going back to what we were saying about uh, like um, not using the word ugly or banning books. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't get into such a space where we want to 
say, oh, oh, like, you know, like toxic positivity that came about because people didn't want to really acknowledge like the negative emotions, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but it's like the, those holding are people accountable. It, exactly. <laughs> like, facing yourself, like being like, this is I'm in front of you right now. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's quite a taboo nowadays it's and st well it was then and still is it's it's a process for people in general hopefully we can get out of it <laughs> yeah hopefully I, but, but in the meantime i'm like i i am on my journey and i'm i'm here to recognize all of it and uh, and one of the issues that i think a lot of us uh are, are an issue that we create for ourselves is we don't want to acknowledge or feel the negative emotions like we want to push past them but what we're doing by pushing past them or attempting to push past them or suppress them is we are creating more issues for ourselves down the road instead of just sitting and experiencing the feeling while you're having it like yeah. you got to sit with that stuff man and and i'm i'm exploring that uh in but the, how do you get people to consume this kind of art that makes them sit with their feelings when we're being force fed fast content, fast art, fast food, fast everything and social media. So it's not my job to make anybody do anything. Like if they want to, if they want to stop and, and, and take in what I've created, uh, like let them do with it what they may. But going back to what I was saying earlier about us being a vessel I am putting the work out and it's going to touch the people that it's meant to touch. Absolutely. We are in an oversaturated, uh, con heavily content-driven, marketing, uh, capitalistic, like all of these things. Like we, I mean, I guess it all stems from capitalism, but we are um, in this world where it's, you know, what's next? What's new? Like mm -hmm. what? What is the? What's the next big thing? What's the next news cycle? Like that, uh, you know, for better or worse, is what it is. And we as individuals get to choose whether we're gonna be on this treadmill and like try to keep up with what's happening, uh, or getting the or taking the opportunity to step back and live our lives on our terms. Now, granted, it's hard when we're kind of we're born into the to the shit if you will like we're yeah. we're like fish in water we don't sometimes we don't we're not even clocking what's happening but that's um you know that's something else i've been talking about awareness a lot like that's something else that i've learned from like taking a step back and even doing these um going into this sensory deprivation chamber uh it, it has caused me to become more aware of my just everyday life and and uh, you know this this actually reminds me of, of of something that I like to do, and I just started doing it again at the beginning of last year. Is I would go on these sabbaticals mm -hmm. where I, uh, it, it used to be Toronto. I'd go up to Toronto and I would just unplug, no phone, um, no TV, no internet, and I would just sit with my thoughts. I would journal. Uh, I would take a book that would be like, you know, one of those books that would help you just kind of turn inwards. And I would read that and I'd go for um, um, like these meditation walks in the city. And it basically, um, the, the first few times I did it, it was cool. But when I decided to stop going to the city and start going into nature, it took it 
to a whole other level. So back in April, the last, the, the most recent one I did, I found a, a cabin um, in the mountains of Pennsylvania, uh, which just so happened to be owned by a, a black couple, an older black couple. So I was very thrilled uh, to be be supporting black um, on this journey of self-discovery. But uh, and it's called the Urban Saddle Ranch for anybody who's curious. Check them out. It's in, uh, it's in Pennsylvania. Um, so I go up to this cabin that is, is secluded. It's amongst nature. This um, facility basically had like uh, a farm and there's horses and um at the time of year that i went there wasn't a whole lot of people there and i had my own cabin so like i said i was able to um, meditate during the day I, I i fasted uh during the day i went on these meditation walks where i would just be very just present and aware i was unplugged it was so needed and illuminating and I didn't realize how much I needed it until I went back into the real world. So on the drive back from Pennsylvania um, to Maryland, I was noticing things on this road trip because it was like three and a half hours from where I live. I was noticing things that I didn't see on the trip coming. Like the, the greens were much greener uh, yeah, the the blues were, were were just more intense. Even my dreams were more um, they were just more intense, more like memorable because I was just I, I I chose to step away and become aware. And we all have that choice to be able to do something like that if we you know, if we want to unplug and, and and stop taking the the medicine that, that's being force fed yeah to it. and uh, people are actually able to do that in their own homes if they really wanted to exactly exactly because everybody can't you know go to a cabin but mm -hmm. something else on this journey i feel like we're, we're all over the place but it still ties into my creativity um i decided to learn transcendental meditation are mm -hmm. you familiar with transcendental meditation absolutely so <clears throat> I went to uh, a center in DC and um, it's, it's called the transcendental, um, uh, what is it? TM.org, transcendental meditation organization. Like it's a, 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 a specific organization where you go to learn this specific technique where they give you a mantra that is secret. You can't say it out loud. They, they'll teach you how to do it. And then, you know, then you, you're you're on the path. And ever since I started Transcendental Meditation, when I tell you that going deeper into self in this manner is unlike anything that I have ever done or experienced, the results, the best way that I could describe them, the results are, are undeniable. And it's and I can't even properly or sufficiently um communicate those results it's it's a feeling it's an understanding it's a connection it's a clarity it's a connection it's all yeah. of those things are, are you do you uh, do tm i do several types of meditation yes yeah yeah, yeah. very well so yeah man like i highly recommend even yes. for those people who can't necessarily go to a cabin i i'm getting 
that experience twice a day because I do it um, twice a day for 20 minutes each. <clears throat> and it is it's it's like I have to do it. Like I look forward to doing it um, because it's it's just it's just that beneficial to me. Let me ask you something, please. With these meditation walks, these moments and times uh, of centering and awareness. Have you ever taken your camera with you? Oh, yeah. I take my camera with me everywhere. And when you do that, mm -hmm. what makes you click? When you're on those awareness walks, when you're centered, when you're connected, what are the things that make you that make you click? So love the question. Kind of reminds me of a a podcast that I watched. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the the things that make me click actually go back to what we were saying or what I was saying earlier about uh, how I was defining beauty, the things that kind of bring me into a moment. And then um, I feel the urge and it's not even, again, it's not even really me choosing. It's like, it's like a light bulb going off and it's like, pick up the camera. Yeah. Pick it up. This is what it is. So like when I was going on the, when I was on that, um, ranch and I was by myself if I saw something that it just it just told me to pick up the camera it's almost like um, when people talk about hearing from their God whoever they worship when they talk about hearing a voice um, I feel like when I say the creative spirit I feel like that creative spirit is also the same spirit that is filling everybody the saying of that I heard from God or yeah you know, something told me like it's the Absolutely. same creative source like no matter what you believe I I feel um that that is what's happening as I'm hearing from the source and no matter how minute it might seem in the moment nobody might nobody may ever see some of those images most most people won't see those images that I took in those moments, Mm -hmm. but it was important for a reason for me in that moment to take those photos because I was listening to that, that source, that inner calling. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's what would make me click in those moments is that creative spirit um, uh, guiding me and, and nudging me to, to pick up the camera. Now there is free will and there is this this idea like I didn't have to do it. I could have just kept walking. Yeah. And Sometimes just kept it in your mind's eye forever. Yeah. And 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 that's also something that um that I I choose to do from time to time. It's like sometimes the moment is meant to be captured in your mind's eye so you're so you're present for the entire thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it reminds me um I, I spoke about when I was in London doing the natural hair portrait series uh, that I was working on, uh, at the end of the day, at that particular day, I ended up photographing over 50 women um, at a studio in, in East London. So like a little bit outside of the, the main city. And the studio was situated in such a way that it had a balcony that you could go out onto. Uh, and at the end of that long shoot day, I was like, I need to take a, take a moment. Yeah. I mean, you've just looked into 50 women's eyes and downloaded. Exactly. They're souls. You know what I'm saying? So you see a lot. You do like literally. And, and so I was on this balcony and 
the sun was setting and the clouds were like this magnificent pink and gold. Like it was like the perfect sunset. And I had my camera, but I was like, I'm going to just stop and just take this in. I am in London. My camera has brought me to this place. And yes. now I am just going to just take in this moment, this beautiful moment that is a gift from the source, from God, from again, whoever you, however you want to identify uh, the, that source. Like I was given a gift in that moment mm -hmm. and, and I had to take it in with my mind's eye or I chose to because I wanted to stay as present as possible. So when you say um, you listen to Source, can you go back to when you heard Source tell you to pick up your camera in 2010? <laughs> so um, I guess the Source in this particular scenario, uh, it was a gift. Um, my dad and stepmom, they uh, are my bonus mom, as I like to call her, Shantane. Shout out to Shantane. Shout out to my dad. Pops. Um, uh and she tells she tells the story that she went and this was back when, um, you know, Black Fridays were still kind of a thing where you would you would on, you know, Thanksgiving night, you would go yeah. you would go out and you'd be out there in the stores physically and people were still getting trampled. You were outside trying to violate for a TV. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this was this was during that time. So this is how she set the scene is she went out and she found a great deal uh, on this Canon power shot. Uh, point and shoot camera uh, and she got a great deal on it and she gave that to me as a Christmas gift now up to this point we were talking about taking the image with our mind's eye uh, up to this point I've always felt like I had an eye but I never had the tools and I never took the time to get the tools to act on the eye if you will mm -hmm. I, I think even growing up uh, you know, with with three sisters, um, you know, you know, before when my parents were still married, growing up with uh, three sisters and myself and my parents didn't have unlimited funding. So they couldn't necessarily get me everything that I might have wanted. So I I expressed myself through written word and through spoken word poetry. Um, so that was like my way of creating early on. Now, Fast forward to when I got that camera, um, I would take it around with me everywhere. And, and this is a, this was just a point and shoot camera. This, this didn't have a, a de detachable lens like it was a built in zoom lens. Um, very like rudimentary um, technology. Well, I guess it wasn't really that rudimentary. Like people could look back on it and be like, that was pretty sophisticated. But <laughs> I digress. The the camera itself wasn't anything particularly special mm. but I was taking it with me everywhere and I was going on these walks and I was doing you know these things that I was talking about um, that I do now to this day but I, I was just really um, interested in creating some interesting compositions and I don't know what it was again I felt like I've always had the eye but it was something about having this camera at this point in my life uh, where I was really able to explore just different things, it, it just awakened uh, something in me that I didn't know was dormant. 
Now, when it really took off, where it really clicked, if you will, (laughs) pun intended, uh, is I was invited to a friend's party and it was like um, it was like her 30th birthday and she had a, a luau theme. And so she she had all of the trimmings of like a luau. There was a pig on a spit and there were uh, lays and like all these intricate details. And so I asked her because she was telling me about, you know, what she was planning to do. So I asked her before the party if it was okay uh, if I brought my camera and was just like taking, you know, pictures of the party and and the people or whatnot. She was like, yeah, sure. Feel free. So that's what I did. I brought my camera. I was you know, taking pictures of anything that caught my eye. And at one point during the evening, I was kind of situated in the living room area, but I had a a clear line of sight to the dining room table. And around the table were these, um, these four women and they were having a very spirited discussion, uh, very lively, like having a good old time. You know how it is. And, uh, I was like, okay, it looks like they're having a good time over there. So I pick up my camera very discreetly. They didn't, they couldn't really, they weren't paying attention to me, but I, cause I was kind of a, a bit of a ways away, but I had the zoom lens, this digital zoom. And um, I started taking photos. And at one point, like I snapped a shot where the laughter had just begun to erupt. And when I looked down at that image, um, it was, it was like, It was like an epiphany. This was like one of those like definitive moments uh, when you you take a photo and you look at the image and it is telling a story. Yeah, it it is like there is a there is something happening here and the viewer just can't help but wonder like what what is happening? And of course, you can you can kind of like you can fill in the blanks for yourself and, 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 and create the narrative that you think is happening and what I realized in that moment when I looked at that image and saw that story I was like this this is what I have been trying to create with written word yeah this is the stuff that it's made out of yes the moment this is the moment and I didn't have to sit down for hours to freaking get it out so I was like I was like this is where it's at like I I need to be doing i need to be photographing people like that's when i really all the time yes (laughs) yes so that that was that was that that aha moment from from god source whoever whomever uh where it was it was downloaded to me that this is i am a vessel and this is where i this is what i'm supposed to be doing so how much longer after that did this become a full-time thing for you so I would have to say it was a few years because it was a whole learning process. It was like, um, it was like, first of all, I started taking the images and I was very pleased, but then I started paying attention to billboards and magazines and, 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 and commercials. And I'm like, wait a minute, why don't my photos look like what I'm seeing in these publications, on these billboards, in these mm-hmm. like they don't look anything. They look so fabricated. Yeah, but I was I was like I was upset. I was like I want my stuff to look <laughs> more polished, more you know yeah. what I'm saying. Like I wanted my stuff to look like what I was seeing because it, there was just um 
there was just like a professional grade. But was it moving you the way that that picture in that living in that dining room did? Some of them were, yes. Like, like even with the the, and this is this is where I'm I'm going with it is like being able to because again, like when I was writing short stories, I was creating fictions. These were work of fictions, like fantasy, like my own doings, like yeah. me having the control to kind of create something. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to create moments like that. Um, you know, I wanted to capture them organically, but I also wanted to create moments that create worlds. Me. Yes, worlds, moments, all of those. Like I wanted to to do that in a way that appealed to me visually, because yeah. again, I don't think we're we are influenced. Like there is a certain bit of of nature. Uh, I mean, nurture when it comes to like the things that we find ourselves drawn to. But then there are things that are like innately like there is something about this that I just am innately drawn to. And when I would see these very polished and when I say polished, I mean, well lit, well composed, um, you know, not overly processed because I've always had a kind of like a disdain for images that look too cartoonish. Um, like when it comes to like the retouching and the fake, yeah, and like I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a well composed, well lit uh image that is telling a story in one frame, and that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create stories like that, and so that began a process of of, of being self taught along with finding mentors, along with just hours upon hours of doing the work not just reading about it or watching videos about it because i was doing that but i found that being on the ground being on set assisting other photographers um getting out of my comfort zone and asking people to let me photograph them like hours and hours like what is that um that um uh old boy um talks about doing ten thousand hours what's his name but um oh malcolm gladwell um he has this whole thing about you know you do like ten thousand hours of your and, skill in yep. order to be a um and, a like, master at a it. master yeah and I'm I'm still working on my ten thousand hours like I, I think if I added it up I don't know maybe maybe I'm close I don't know I'm never going to fully master what I'm doing I was actually just having this conversation with someone last night about you know you're never going to stop learning there's always especially yeah. the techno- te- technological advances and everything that we're seeing coming down the pipe now with um you know ai and um just 3d rendering all and all of it all of it yeah like, i mean cuz photoshop is getting upgrades all the time yep yeah you, you already know i'm like oh, okay yeah. what, y- what y'all done did now cuz i get a notification every time like new update available that, though to go back to what you said about mentors and masters like you never really hear a mentor or master that is a true mentor or master and great at their craft say that they are genius and perfect and they can't learn anything else exactly. because those are the ones that you need to uh, shun, move yourself run, away from. Run away from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are on the wrong path. <laughs> yeah. You can no longer help me, sir. <laughs> but uh, to go back to uh, something you said earlier, writing with light, uh, photographs that uh, are full of composure and that are composed in beauty within themselves. I'm going to go back to that duality, just like with beauty and ugly. Where are your images that translate wilderness, not so much composure? 
like the wild, uh, the, yeah. the, the wild aspect of of life on Earth. Yeah. Again, this this is the phase where I'm at now. Like, if you were to look at my body of work um, over, you know, the past um, fourteen years, um, there are glimpses of it. I yeah. have to. There's there are glimpses of it, but I haven't explored it in the way that I am now ready to explore it. Because prior to that, I wasn't I wasn't ready or being called to to explore the the ugly um, yeah. in the ways that I am now going to be uh, exploring it. But now you've got me wanting to go back and because I, mean, I know that it's is there. What we do here at Atelier Eleven Twenty One, we push the envelope. We want you to think. <laughs> we want you to dig deep, and we want you to not so much. I want you to pivot, but I want I encourage growth. I encourage the other side. I, I encourage all sorts of genres of art. Even though you're a photographer, I, I'm happy to hear that you did poetry. I'm happy to hear that you're reading these books. I'm happy to hear that you, you know, adapted nature into your reality and meditation into your life and connecting to source. Because at Italy, in this podcast, we want to hear it. We want to know. We want to grow. We're not here to stay stagnant, you know? Yeah, well, mission accomplished. Because now I'm like, I want to go back and look into my book of 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 work, and I I bet I I would be able to identify it uh, a bit more. Because the wilderness is there, whether you want it or not. Exactly, there's no hiding from it. Yeah, and even with the ugly, you say you didn't pursue it, but it's there somewhere. Let my me ask you this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You yeah, getting all the questions yeah. in now? I'm curious. Okay, how are you? Exploring the ugly. What I, let me just say this first and foremost. I meant to say this earlier, but I have been a fan of your work um, since you know we first got connected. And I don't even remember how we first connected. It had to have been in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I've, I've had the opportunity to pull some of your pieces, and and um, uh, I think one of my one of my most favorite images that feature one of your uh, pieces is this uh, this photo that I took of a, a model in L.A. Um, and, and she's, she's got this fro and there's like a flow going to the piece and there's mm -hmm. this, this beautiful California sunlight coming through the windows, just hitting her in such with a way. With her bare feet. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the one. That's the one with Sarah. Sarah Cooper is her name. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's easily one of my favorite images that I've shot with, um, with one of your pieces. But I just wanted to say that I've, you know, I've admired your work for some time. I've gotten to see some of the runway shows that you've produced and, and then I would also get. Um, emails from you because I'm on your 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 newsletter and you 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 do um, fragrances and there's just all of these other ways in which you create mm -hmm. and and now I'm you know getting a chance to kind of talk to you about the creative process and and having you grill me on uh, <laughs> on my process how are you in your work how are you exploring the ugly um, shunning perfection. I, uh, not to answer so quickly, but um, I adapt ugly and realize that I have been so hard on myself saying this has to be perfect. This has to be perfect. When in actuality, if I don't have a, a little bit of imperfection and a little bit of ugly in my work, I mean, what's the point? Mm. Um, ugly. I like to distort 
they, I don't use Photoshop. I don't edit the faces of my models. I hate that. I might put a a, 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 a medium gloss over, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to touch up your makeup or change your face. I want to see it all. When it comes to my garments, they are not perfect. Someone is going, your stylist is going to have to pin it somewhere to help you translate the story that you want. I just want to make stuff and I am okay with it not being perfect. But on my end, I'm only here to create the structure. It's your job to create the beauty. But when it comes, that also incorporates the wilderness. And some people will say, well, oh, that means your clothes aren't, you know, well made. They actually are very high quality <laughs> fabrics. They and are. they are well made. But also, I sew every single piece that anyone ever sees. Every perfume bottle, I am mixing the oils. And that's the ugly part. The hard work. Mm. The crying the disconnect from source, the conversations and uh, dialogues and topics behind the runway shows. Woman of My Dreams isn't about some frilly princess, beautiful woman. It's about the Madonna complex and whores. Mm. The death, the runway show that you attended in New York, um, that was called Before the Death of a Child's Imagination. This was about digging deep into the fact that, you know, the world isn't as beautiful and as great as it seems, but you're going to have to take the what you have and make what you can with it, mm. you know? Mm. And it, went, truth. it comes to my photography. I'm not the best photographer in the world, but there's a story somewhere that I see in my dreams clearly that was given to me that I'm just trying to get down on quote unquote paper. I love it. And thankfully enough, I've been able to create some beautiful images with that because I love photography and I love photographers, but no one can do my editorials like I can. I love it. I love it. And that's not cocky, ladies and gentlemen. That is on tape. <laughs> Listen, no, no, that's and that's real. Like, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I totally feel you on that when you can identify like like sometimes I will I'll create something and then I'll be like, you know, I don't care. I don't care what you say. Like, this is dope. It don't matter. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't care what your opinion, your what your critique critique is. And I do I do take um critiques from um from specific people. Um but there are just times when you know you've when it when it hits in a certain way. And that certain way doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be technically accurate. It it's a feeling. Yeah. And uh yeah, I feel you, man. And when it comes to um, the beauty part of the fashion and the fragrances and the books and the videos and the productions, it's all about movement and Mm. not just, you know, the movement of the fabric or the movement of the models. Because I say, hey, try to walk like this and we'll go over the walk a million times until she gets it right. I want people to feel things, but also... When a woman is walking down the street, I want her you to see the woman first and then the halo of clothes that float around her. Mm. And if you haven't been to like people who haven't been to my shows, it's almost like 
the clothes are like liquid and it's not easy to get them there. You are exactly right. When I think back to what I've seen, I'm like, it is very fluid, very liquidy, if that yeah. is <laughs> just to make up a word. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's where we are. But back to you. <laughs> Tell me about the DMV fashion community and photography community and what they have done for you. You know, it's, that's an interesting question because a lot of the fashion that I do end up shooting is either in New York or L.A. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have um, what I like to call a couple of um, muses that I work with here in the DMV that really inspire me. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes that can be a challenge in this area of, um, you know, in between DC and Baltimore and Virginia. Like there's just, um, it's like the talent is here, but sometimes it's not as readily available to, uh, or, or as easy to find uh, as in a, you know, the, the fashion capital of the world, New York city, or, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the entertainment industry of the um, you know, capital of the world in, ho in Hollywood. Um, it's like that's it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel in those cities because it's just everywhere. But um, it's not as concentrated in the DMV area. So it's um, I'm a bit more um, selective and strategic about, you know, who I'm working with in this area. Yeah. But as of late, uh, I have been involved um, as actually just recently back in August. Um, there's this event and it's, this is only the second time that it's happened, but they call it the, um, the Baltimore Met Gala. And, um, it ended up, the first one they did ended up being like a viral success. They had a lot of videos go viral on Instagram and TikTok because of some of the, the pieces that were being, um, highlighted, uh, from some Baltimore designers, some really dope Baltimore designers, and um, so that happened. And then this year I actually pitched because I, I shoot for this magazine called Be More Art uh, Journal. And um, I've been working with them since the inception of the, the magazine. And when I saw that they were going to be doing the Baltimore Met Gala again, I had an idea because normally what they do in those situations is you'll see a lot of the, the photos from the runway and, you know, they'll, they'll get some really dope shots of the models walking the runway. But I wanted to take um, I wanted to take some some fashion portraits of the models. So I had this idea of reaching out to the one of the coordinators and seeing if they would be open to having me basically build a studio um, in the, you know, like in the in the back where all the models are and, and, you know, se selecting a few of the models before or after they hit the runway to do fashion portraits. And then mm -hmm. I pitched to the photo editor or the magazine editor, Kara Ober. Uh, I'm like, Hey, and I sent her a pitch deck and I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like this Baltimore Met Gala has been picking up some steam and I want to create some really dope images that will look great in our magazine. And so she was on board, the coordinators were on board, and that's basically what ended up happening. And, and we created um, some magnificent, and I'm not, this goes back to what you were saying about nobody can shoot your work like you can um, shoot it, or nobody can mm -hmm. shoot an editorial for your, for your pieces like you can. Well, these images were like unequivocally 
amazing, beautiful, striking, iconic, all of these things. And I'm not saying them because I shot them. Like, this is no, just toot that horn. Yes, like, it's, <laughs> this is just what happened. And it's not even just my horn. I'm talking about the talent of the designers, the, mm-hmm. the hairstylists, the makeup artists, the models themselves. Everybody came with it. And I, I was just, I was just, I I was, uh, um, I I brought this up because um, last night they had the reveal for the, for the third, for this year's Met Gala. So they threw a big event at the Reginald F. Lewis Museum uh, in Baltimore. They, so they had a big event last night and they invited me to come and speak uh, on a panel during this event to just talk about my experience. And uh, it, it was funny being on this panel last night and, and describing t- to them what I just described to you about everything that happened and how it came to be. Um, and to think about how I haven't been as involved in the fashion community in the DMV because of my travels and going to different places to to do those shoots. But I have um, I, I have connected with a community who I can see myself like continuing to build with because it's um it's slept on. I feel like Baltimore is slept on in very so much. many ways. So very many ways. much. Uh, I, I feel like it should have, you know, when you think about like the Harlem Renaissance, like yeah. I don't understand how Baltimore has never really been on the map for its art scene. Like yeah, there'll be some onesie twosies and some people coming out here and there, but the amount of talent yeah. that is in this city across the board on the creative like in the creative realm is like i don't i don't know why and i get it the wire came out and like it became notorious for um some of the some of the ugliness if you will the darkness that comes with any major city by the way not just baltimore but for Uh, some reason it's more illuminated there and not looking at the beauty of that city. That city is very beautiful. It is. And 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 by the way, my first experience with Baltimore was in 1998. I came to DC on a 4H trip. Uh and we spent a day in the National Harbor or not the National Harbor at the Baltimore Harbor. Mm-hmm. And I from the moment I we crossed the the Baltimore city limits and we hit that downtown area and even some of the we had to go through some of the less savory uh parts of Baltimore that you might yeah, have seen like on the wire and <laughs> yeah. I was just like this city has so much character I was drawn to it in such a way um that that experience I still look back on with fondness because it was like, man, we were like, like that was my first time in Baltimore, and I was with a great group of people, and we just had a great time, and and I could I could see and feel the character of the city. So anyway, it's very rich. It's, it's a very, very rich. Rich, and, and, and the black ahead. community is so. It's I want to use the word potent. It's 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 beautiful. It, it has it's it's dark, but when that when the sun comes out, you it's undeniable. It is undeniable, and 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 I and it's unfathomable to me that it hasn't actually had uh, a, um, a a renaissance on the level or or above the level of what happened in Harlem. You know, because all of those so years ago, foreshadowed by the existence of Washington D.C. and it's a hop, skipping, and jumping away That's from true. New York. That's true. That's true. So I could see that. People say, "Why settle when you can just." go to the ladder and that's unfortunate 
because very unfortunate that sometimes this the city suffers because of it but it is a beautiful existence i lived there for three years and you know it wasn't perfect but I, I saw it for what it was. Wait, so I so I met you in Baltimore, but I, I guess I just assumed you were from the area. Where are you from originally? Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> Bone thugs. I've lived okay. a little bit of everywhere, coast to coast. Yeah. Cleveland is the city where we come from, so run. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> East 99, baby. No. <laughs> No, no, don't say no. Yeah. Listen, I didn't know nothing about it. I was a, I was a little boy in Alabama listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony, man. I, I still miss my Uncle George, y'all. You know? So, no. tell me something. Tell me what's a common misconception about the work that you do. Um, you know, <laughs> let some of my friends tell it, especially some of the male friends. They're like, man, Kelvin. You get the you you out here working with all these these beautiful models beautiful and, women yeah. every day. Yeah, oh yeah. my god! I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's like I get it, I get it from the outside, and then even with some of the work that I get to do, like out in LA, and some of the the work that I I really don't even put out um, that I do with celebrity, like. It's, the essence, the CSDA. Yeah, yeah that. You were in Forbes. Um, you were yep. in the American Black Film oh, Festival. Yep, I'm one of the you, one of the official photographers for Jonathan ABFF. Jonathan Majors. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, so, so I, I I'll put out little glimpses of it here and there, but like the extent, I don't think people really realize the extent to which, uh, like I'm out there. But um, and I get it. Like when you do see these posts and you see certain things, it's like, oh wow, you in the mix. And it's like, yeah, I am in the mix and it's cool, but it's not what you think. And it's yeah. not, it's not all like glam or glitz and glam yeah. and beautiful women. Like the amount of, of work um, that I'm doing on my laptop from like emails to, um, you know, uh, pre-production to post-production to the, the ins and outs of like running a business, like um, that the whole photo shoot aspect of it, like that's probably, I don't know, 30% if I had to throw a percentage uh, on it. And then it's like the other stuff that is, that is not fun <laughs> or yeah. or not. I won't say it's not fun, but it's well, okay. I will say it's not fun. I mean, it's, it's work. It's work. It's work. And um, People I forget I feel, that this is our job. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's cool to go dress the Rockettes. Yes. It's great. It's great to have a Netflix series. It's great to have something on Hulu. But I work 12 to 15 hours a day. I'm sometimes tired. longer. Sometimes longer. So I'm tired. Um, tired. <laughs> tired is an understatement. But blessed as well. I'm grateful. Yes. I'm tired. Extremely. Um, but I love it. I love it. Um, when I'm actually on set, like that's the reminder to me that like, man, I love doing this. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like even in the even in some of the um the uncomfortable or unfun moments on set or dealing with certain talent or whatever. Um, I, I'm still reminded that I wouldn't, I'm going to like be doing this until I can't do it physically anymore. Amen. You know? So yeah, like that, um, that's a misconception and it's all glitz and glams and beautiful people. And and I'll say there is um, a certain level of um, it's, there's a, intoxication or, or or a a high that you can get from being around like beautiful people like it's it's fun and this goes back to my appreciation 
of 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 the beauty of it all and even in even in the the process of the beautification because it was always funny to me in the very beginning when i would um i'd be on set and then the model would come you know um as a blank canvas and sometimes you'll be surprised you'll be like wait that's you you know what right. I'm saying? Like sometimes oh, you'd be I like, you'd be like, like, oh wow. And then she's like, well, let me get my face on, and then you'll, <laughs> then you'll, then I'll be ready. And then it's yeah. like, oh yeah. So it's 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 interesting to see how how fake all of this it it's really is. It's all entertainment. Entertainment. That's it. Like, don't take it too seriously, and don't take yourself too seriously because, uh, yes, uh, honestly, and some people kind of think this is kind of like a glass half empty perspective. But I do feel like <laughs> um, none of this matters. <laughs> like, no, you have to look at it that way. Yes, yes. But even even in what we're creating, let's say um, let's say that the Earth is um, is going to finally get fed up with the cancer that we human beings are to it, and it decides to go. Um, it, it decides to go, you know, supernova on our yeah, or whatever, <laughs> and like, and and scorches all of us to where there yeah. is no human existence. It's up. It like none of this will then matter. That like, journal you wrote in, you good. Gone, <laughs> gone, all of it. Like, so I I try to I try to like at least one time a day. Or once a day, I'll I'll try to have that thought of it yeah. doesn't, this doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter, and that actually helps me kind of work through nerves sometimes when I've got like a big job or mm-hmm. a big call or whatever. Like just remember, like it doesn't really matter. And not just that, the person on the other end is a human being too. Yep, yep, that's it. And that goes into my next question. Okay, tell me about. What makes you click the podcast? Oh, so okay. Now, I I will I'll preface this with saying that I I don't record that show anymore, and there's a couple of reasons why. But I'll tell you why I started. Um, and in the heart of the pandemic, uh, when we were like shut down, and we I think at this point had been in it for like a month or two, and I was really craving the I had, I just, I, I needed to create, I needed to do something because I couldn't pick up my camera and do what I used to do. Because again, we were so uncertain about what was going to happen next. And so, and I was craving human connection. Like I wasn't able is. to like, it, that, it's, it's important, man. Like I we are all human on the other end of that line. That, mm-hmm. That's right. And that's why. I started the podcast. It's like, I want to talk to some of these photographers who are out here doing some amazing things um, and and had a story to share, but also a, a perspective and experience and, and, you know, lessons that they could bestow upon any listener who, you know, decided to click play on the podcast. And I, and I, and I titled it, what makes you click as a kind of a play on the whole, like what makes you tick as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what made these individuals click as, as creatives, as photographers. And so the, the show was an exploration of each individual guest, like their upbringing, their psychology, 
um, like what were some of the, the experiences that they had growing up. And then we would get into how that impacted their creativity and, and how that um, showed up or presented itself in their work. So uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed those recordings. Um, I, I will say that I am, I am an introvert by mm-hmm. nature. Like mm-hmm. I need alone time and I need to, I recharge when I am away from people. And so it did get a bit taxing and it was on me because I didn't necessarily build a team. Like I should have built a team. I did have somebody to, to edit the podcast and I had some people to do like the transcribing, but I needed a bit, I needed more, um, I needed more help in yeah. order to keep that production going. I mean, you know what it is. You, you, yeah. You've been doing this for seven, how many seasons now? Seven, seven. eight, seven. Yeah, so uh, you know the work that goes into it. And then I'm also, uh, I, I am a bit of a perfectionist. So I like, I wanted, you know, I wanted it to sound as 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 good as it could sound. I wanted to present it in a way that was like, okay, this is on the level. And I mean, you get it, you know how it is. Like you really yeah. want to like make it something great. And I was doing the most. And then as as some of the restrictions started to loosen up and after the George Floyd murder, uh, the weirdest thing happened where people started d- deciding they needed to diversify their creative staffs. And I started getting some really amazing jobs, um, some some gigs, working with some major networks, some some heavy hitters in the game and. Um, I, I started getting booked more. So it's like between like that and life and not having a team, like I ended up not um, continuing the podcast, but it is evergreen. Like the, the episodes are still up. And if you are a creative in any regard, but if you are specifically uh, a photographer, like I recommend listening to every episode because these these um, creatives that joined me for these conversations, they had so many gems to drop. Like you will be able to fast forward your your evolution as a creative by listening to um, some of the struggles and learning from some of their um, some of their uh, pitfalls, if you will, uh, and some of their win their their wins. Like I, I think it's just like another way. Like they become your mentors in those episodes, so I, I still highly recommend that people go check it out. It's it's what what makes you click with Kelvin Bullock, um, and you can find that wherever you listen to your podcast. I just want to say this: if you never pick up another episode of the podcast, your book with that podcast and the people that you have spoke to and helped exists in this world, and it will be there forever until the internet does not exist. Oh, thank you. So. Don't if you never pick it up, it's there. You did the work, so don't don't ever forget that. Until the until the earth earth, uh, disintegrates and it doesn't matter anymore. Before it's up for all us bitches, you know. Yeah, Yeah, man. Um, Can I ask you a question? Uh, Yeah, this is what I'm here for. The the image. What was the photo that was taken that you've seen in your life that wasn't yours? that completely moved you even if it moved you to tears who was it by and where did you see it you know the image that comes to my mind 
is actually a painting. It's not actually a photo. It is uh, it is a piece titled The Bark of Dante, uh, and that's B-A-R-Q-U-E, The Bark of Dante, which is uh, a painting from the Romantic era um, by an artist who is called, uh, I want to say it correctly, and it's because it's a French name, it's um, Eugene Delacroix. Uh, or, or Eugene, or it looks like Eugene Delacroix if you're from the South, <laughs> like I am, but Eugene Delacroix. Um, he painted this piece that um, is a depiction from the story of like uh, Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. And in this piece, um, Dante is on a boat trying to escape uh, Hades, and there are a bunch of um, souls trying to latch on to the boat to get away from hell or from Hades. Yeah, and, um, it's beautiful. Yeah, man, like it to me. The reds, that crimson yes, blue. Yes. The agony like, and desperation in the faces in the water. It's it's. There's it's a like, man biting at the boat. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is. It's. It is so detailed, so thorough. Um, it's so tragic, so beautiful, like all the things we've really been talking about. Um, yeah, it's the ugly, it's the yes. wilderness, it's the pain, it's the duality. It's the duality. There's like, but there's still a beauty to it. So it's yeah. like, it's it's and 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 that I feel like um, when you look at some of the photographers who are doing who are like world renowned, like when you think about like um like an Annie Leibovitz or um, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other people who kind of do images that kind of feel like this. They are pulling inspiration from these paintings from like back in the day because there's like a like the lighting is so it's it's so dramatic, but it's yeah. even and it's it's like I strive for some of my for some of the work that I do. I, I like to create a lighting that is similar to that. It's and, almost um, like you can see that hell and darkness is behind them, but the light is in front of them. Yes. Without seeing the sun, without seeing where they're going, you know it's better where they're going. Mm. Or, it's or is it? Is it though? It's like sometimes you don't you don't know. Well, so, shit, are they going to even make it there? Are they? Look at those souls, man. I don't know if they're going to let them. So I and I have to I have to go back and actually read the uh, Dante's Inferno to 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 get the the outcome of that. But I, I'm I'm pretty sure it ended up well for him. Or maybe it didn't. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. I'll have to do some fact checking on that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's to answer your question is, is an image that comes to my mind that is like. Thank like, you for gifting me that that picture because I've never seen it before. Oh, wow. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is why I love like having conversations with people. Yeah. Um, and just and learning and growing like <clears throat> even you you know, grilling me about the ugliness and now me going, having to go back and like, look at my own work. Like I never, I never even thought about that. So it's like, we're growing from having this conversation. And yeah, but you love I, ugliness and you love the dark clearly. Yeah, I, this I, yeah, this I, image I so. just told me <laughs> it exists so. within you. You're just searching for it. Even yeah. though you're not searching for it to be implemented into your life, you're searching for it because you know, it exists. And why not be prepared to know it exists so that you can protect yourself with the light? Exactly. Beautifully Uh, said. Beautifully said. So, 
we're down to our last few questions. What can we expect from you in the future? I know you mentioned something coming up earlier within the podcast, but is there anything else you would like to share with us? Something special coming up? Um, so yeah, there that series is is definitely near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've got a, a few shoots lined up, geared specifically towards that, and I am going to be like releasing them as like fine art portraits that I'll be doing in limited um, prints. So like they're gonna be like I'm I'm planning to do a whole like exhibition and you know s- selling these prints for what they're worth. So this is not gonna be you know. It's not going to be one of those. Um, it's not. It's not going to be a, a a discount buy, if you will. It's going to be something that I'm going to get I'm paid. Gonna a, little, get yeah, paid. you know. But and, and that's <laughs> that's not necessarily why I'm doing it. But I feel like if I am going to be selling it, I'm going to sell it for what it's worth. You know. Yeah. Amen. So. Amen to that. So that that that's something that I'm I'm looking forward to that that is coming down the pipe. Um, what else? Um, you know, for the past two years i have really redefined what i consider success and what i consider worthy of um placing as a goal like in the past it was really a lot about the things that i was told would bring me happiness and greatness you know the, the the money and the the notoriety and the fame and yada 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 uh, none of that really matters. And I'm at the age now where I'm like, I could care less. And so for me, I am defining success um, in so much as if I'm able to create what I want to create with who I want to create it with, that's a win. If I'm able, that's success. If I'm able to help when I can help, that. And, and however that looks, whatever that looks like, that is success. And if I'm able to like travel and create experiences, not amass things, but amass experiences like that is success. So yeah. these are the things that I'm really focusing on. And, and, and it's very broad when I say it like that, but it's so simple. Like when I'm faced with a choice of doing one thing over another, like, I'm now asking questions like, am I going to enjoy this? Am I going to enjoy the people that I'm doing it with? Am I going to have a story to tell? All of it. All of it. Yeah. You know, am I going to have a story to tell? Is it going to reflect who I am? Like, these are the questions that I'm asking before, um, you know, making a decision. And because I've been using that as a gauge, this past, like even last year, 2023 was an amazing year. I had so many great experiences and had so many great conversations. Um, times that I'm going to look back on that are going to live rent free in my head for as long as I can remember them. Like, yeah. and, and I was able to have those experiences because I didn't necessarily set like a financial goal like all goals are great to have and and you know set them in a, in whatever way you want to but for me in this season in my life I'm like that's I'm 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 not I'm not looking at it from a capitalistic mindset if you will yes so I understand 100% yeah man 
before I get to my last question, I just want to let you know that here on Atelier 1121, we love to have artists on to let them know that we appreciate you. We see you. We love what you're doing. And we would like to encourage you to never stop. But if you do, we want to let you know that we've loved what you've done thus far. Thank you so much for coming on Italia 1121. And I I can't wait to see what's next. I hope to work with you again in the future. Most definitely. And the most important question and the last question here is, where can we see your work? How can we follow you? How can we support? And what are your social media handles? Well, first, thank you for for those flowers. I received that. I am grateful. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's it's never it never feels bad to hear someone say that they received your your work in a, you know, in a way that touched them. And so I I appreciate you for acknowledging me and and even having me on today. Like this has been a a great conversation. We're all we've almost been at it for two hours now. and (laughs) Time has flown. I knew we were going to have a good call. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and and I've been wanting to to connect with you anyway. We still got to get together and, and do uh, lunch or coffee uh, in New York, and you know catch up face to face. So, um, but to answer your question, uh, I can be found on Instagram at Kelby Picks. That's K E L B P I C S. Kelby Picks, and you can you can find uh, my website at kelbypicks.com. And, you know, normally I'm posting what's uh, what's happening on on Instagram. That's where you can find my most up to date work. Um, but if anybody ever wants to reach out directly, you can always shoot me an email at kelbypicks at gmail dot com. Thank you, Kelvin, for coming on Atelier 1121. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are listening this far, thank you for listening to the whole thing. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you took something away from this podcast episode. Also, if you are an artist or you know an artist that would be amazing on Atelier 1121 podcast, please don't hesitate to email me at rouletteont at gmail.com. That's R-O-U-L-E-T-T-E-O-N-T at gmail.com. Have a good night.